0: you
1: Welcome to another West March Guys podcast. I'm JT.
0: I'm Joe. I'm AJ. And
1: once again, I'm John. We are going to talk about campaign breakdown, new baddie prep, and panel! i will keep this energy up, boys. I'm keeping it yes, up. Yes,
0: we are going to be talking to actual so, people in a condition. Let's, let's do this.
1: We are going to talk about our campaign breakdown. We just ended a large stretch of campaign for a lot of our guys. We did one with our standard West March. that is where we have the most rotation of people and we have our evil campaign that was changing gears and in his own worst ending. And then we have, you know, the South March, which is, or no, the East March, which is, no, South, South America, which is just doing a thing. It's West, East, the East, you know, South March. So, in a quick summary, tell us what just quickly happened.
2: So as anyone who's listened to the last episode knows, they just ended a campaign uh, we're having people on sporadically as they're available to do epilogues. So we had Sam and Aaron graciously grant us their presence at the last episode and give us where their characters ended. I went into a detail there, so we'll just give the rundown of. We wrapped up the civil war on the continent known as Vishnun, And it is the continent of war, for lack of a better term.
0: It's Visundu is that how you to pronounce it you. but yes sorry i was muted
2: and the basically the party ran around trying to reseal a demon back into the depths from where they came and was successful and it ended in a big old fight with said demon to banish them back into hell is where they were from um, and the seal was resealed and yeah so we were done
0: how many levels was it
2: uh, 0 through or not 0 through twelve, five through 12 okay that's
0: a big, uh, one. That's a big one did it feel satisfying
2: yes it was it, it was it was nice to actually end a campaign by my choosing because I feel like the previous ones always just kind of ran on and on and this one was like well we're coming to the end of an arc it's over the characters aren't dead they're not gone I might pull them back or bring them back in but yeah. for now they are retired and yeah we'll see what's next moving it's on fun to the seeing and the
3: reactions of the people that are like wait it's over
0: yeah exactly like wait we walk it off into the sunset and nothing bad happens (laughs) well it's that thing of like you
2: know why do people adventure it's like i don't know no one out of their right mind would actually go through all this crazy stuff like constantly yeah it's a means to an end (laughs) exactly
0: what about you aj how was your ending Uh, it's ending is uh not the right word um The way to a little bit of behind the scenes is the way that the we have tried to try like structure our world because we have a good and an evil group of individuals is first off, we're trying to avoid PVP because it's problematic to say it clichely, but. Keeping that in mind is uh, the evil side is getting to level sixteen through eighteen, so they're getting up there. You know we're hitting the home stretch. It's about to end, we're not t- about to end, but we're we're going to get to the climax. But it's also time to remove them from the material plane to give way so that we can bring in the next good season. Let's call it that, um, because we want to avoid PvP. We figured we would stagger our groups so that you know while one group is in the material plane the other group would either be not existing or they would be somewhere else so we've reached that point where the evil side has been in the material plane they've been fucking shit up they got an army they've made a bunch of dragon friends they got arrested they they basically killed everybody on the continent that was important so it's time for them to leave so I was able to kind of wrap up uh, a pretty like you know, long-standing arc uh, with the Silver Dragon and have the ability to usher them out of the Material Plane and into the Underdark. And so there they will disappear and then eventually go to Hell, which is going to be more than fun. I'm excited for my uh, Asmodeus mini that's getting painted currently. But they're going to be disappeared so that now Joe, JT, John, anybody who wants to DM in the prime material plane can do that without in, you know, my, and my evil players can, you know, play their good characters without running into the, their evil counterparts. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, if you listen to the episodes, I've, you know, I actually have three 3d printers now. So my, if you can say anything, I printed an entire city. So it was quite the epic you know, completion to an arc. It felt pretty good. Um, a lot of them felt a sigh of relief, but it's not over yet. And I'm excited for what's about to come next.
1: Nice. hell yeah, man. And now John, you, uh, want to give us the rundown
3: going through, I mean, luckily as he's kind of joked on they've ended theirs, uh, South marches is going to be immortal like it's it's a city I think people have realized that like they've come to just live their lives in there now and it's funny because they just finally started getting on a path to moving forward I'm not gonna lie I kind of been like throwing so much at them lately like lore wise and just kind of like Getting them to move on, it kind of felt like they were hanging back a little. We were going in like little routes of nowhere. Granted, I have like giant web systems that like. We were
0: scared of you, John.
3: Well, that's, that's the, point. the
0: exact reason that's why the, we were dilly
3: dallying. That's the point. You um, but there's like us. there's so many side quests that they've just like pushed off to the side. How's your sister doing, by the way? <laughs> and it's you know it's finally like introducing them to new bigger bad NPCs uh, that aren't like the overarching evil guys but just like more pensions to as i say like give them some balls slowly we're getting there yeah
1: yeah i mean that kind of brings us into what comes next and i guess like we said and i'll bring it up it's we are changing up our live stream so we try we're going to try to start streaming every wednesday and we're going to start trying to bring the actual west march world online if you can believe it so we are going to be rotating people in and out and coming up with a new set up for our, our West March. And uh, yeah, we were talking about a new big bad and I brought up to these guys a little bit earlier and we were kind of chatting about it amongst ourselves. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to try and get, get the Yankee come, not get sorry, get the Yankee come and establish a stronghold on the moral material plane and what that means for the rest of the continent and what their overarching goals are. So when it comes to the gift, I think they'd be a good overarching enemy. I've been very big into psionics. I loved the... Um, new aspects in Natasha's hideous when we were going through them in the psionic regions. I've always enjoyed that mentality of them being immortal and coming up with a concept of why they'd ever interact on the material plane. Cause it's hard. Why else would they? And from what I could tell, they actually take their young, right? When a new gift is born, they have to be born and grow up somewhere where time passes. Cause on the astral sea, no time passes. You stay the age you were when you enter as age, you leave. So during their, tear apart before the great gith when they broke their binds for their slavery binds from the mind flayers and became their own society they realized that if they stay in the astral sea in their fortresses they could live forever but yet when they have young and new they have to bring them somewhere where they can age so my idea is they would bring them to the mortal plane while they were there on a secluded island they found something that tempted them this be it dinosaurs if you've been watching the west march guys live stream they are set up there to trade but they also found some wonders and these wonders catch their eye and they realize that in this mortal plane there may be some other things that they are attracted to which is basically the idea of they're not really they don't want to be known it's not going to be a big deal until it becomes a big deal
0: i mean i feel like it would be a big deal if you didn't recognize the race no Get Yankee are fairly unique looking physically. For sure,
1: for sure. But I would like your idea with the apparent minds and the fact that maybe they're controlling people.
0: Okay, so what what I was thinking just before I forget, if they're starting to get like maybe curious, what if they start to maybe they figure out a way to like infect a host and have that host to do their bidding in the material plane while they go back and forth and they like you know don't skip a beat. And so they basically, because that innocently enough seems like it would be, you know, fairly useful, but in the wrong hands, think of how that could be misused because like, do you want the entire society to be bad or do you want it to be one bad
1: apple? Okay. First things first, before I go any farther, I'm not sure if I think the Githyanki are in the SOC, I think the Gazeri are in limbo. So both of them, you don't age. So just don't call me on anything I said. Two, why they would be here, going back and forth. So, like the idea would be they would have a stronghold somewhere in mm-hmm. our continent that people don't know about, and I like that idea of yeah, taking people over, right? And and that's how they're starting to explore more without being seen. But we also, I mean, here's the thing: like, gith can just start popping up places, right? Like they're gonna find them on this island, and then oh, you know, somebody okay. else might see one, like, oh that's weird Gift, you know i you never see them you know okay they,
0: so i know i said that i knew the continent but i'm changing it because that you did not specify that they kind of wanted to stay hidden before that well, should yeah, completely change yeah because
1: here's the thing they're also they're to, uh, they're, much they're, more vulnerable with their younglings on the material plane than they are anywhere else okay they can't wow okay that, it's way mind. better you gotta remember in the actual sea and in limbo right they designed their entire palace by forcing their will upon their surroundings and creating it right They it so just like that bleeds it. over into the mortal plane and that's where they have the psionic abilities but there's no reason that a fucking city you know however many we want can use their minds to also transform the mortal plane i mean i'm not saying they can make it their own you know bend their will but also there's no reason that they wouldn't be able to, with enough
0: of them in this okay so my next question is is you want them to be a big baddie How are they going to be a big baddie? They're they're taking people. Yeah, I think like huge swaps of people. We had talked about like a
1: whole city disappearing, but maybe not even the people. Maybe like the whole kit and caboodle. Maybe like a whole tower section gets transported. You know, or like they find a prison. You know, for people to look at in cage. I don't know.
0: They just want to.
1: It could start small. Hey, this guy. This house it was like a
0: collector sort of
1: well that's what they have right that's what they are that's what no like what i'm saying it's like they're they're slavers man it's not like they're slavers like
0: the the big baddie is someone who just wants to like collect every unique thing that he can i mean that's not a bad idea so like the guy in the school yeah maybe like he because like you could also think like if you're going to create a big baddie the big baddie first has to be hyper intelligent i mean yeah. there's very few big baddie if, the, if it's going to be a well, big not baddie
1: dude i would i'd almost call it like a counselor like the city right
0: like Like a so it's like a like a just like a an accepted hive mind mentality of like well
1: yeah they're slavers dude they don't give a fuck when people bring back they never oh i guess
0: that makes sense if they're indoctrinated into it they never think anything of it why would they care if they're never questioned if they were never given reason to question it that's a good reason that's a good point so that was just the idea but anyway any other points you
1: want to put into it
0: things to think about i like the idea of the psionics because you can start really introducing it and have I mean, we had some psionic part. places
1: on you guys dealt with some shit remember and it was unexplained
0: yeah i figured that was more of like
3: Feywild stuff yeah, it, i it.
1: thought it was but like maybe not
3: I, mean, I don't have much psionic stuff on ravnica it's uh it's a fine line in order to, to make it work without overpowering a lot like yeah in the, in, in the hands of lore and like npc wise you can just mind spike somebody okay
0: yeah, and then you yeah, they, I mean, they could like, wanna... you could do that to like one of like the um the people who have a key. Yeah. You could have they, a section they... of Ravnica disappear.
3: Yeah. That would no. be a problem. <laughs> yeah. No. It'd be a problem. Um I think my thing with the Gith, though is it's funny when you think of Gith as players or Gith as even NPCs, they're outcasts. They are single people that are usually I don't want to say made fun of, but you know what if I mean? They like are ingrained in society. Well, you you see one in normal society, you know, eh, okay, like there's one, but I think it's just the idea of if anybody, even anybody remotely intelligent, saw more than one in a populace, be like, all right, something's up. Yeah,
0: they're like and, one. They're like one in ten thousand.
3: Yeah, and seeing a large, massive group, or even any form of more than one, like a, a boarding party, because that's why they're you know they're rebellious. They're they're pirates. E- easiest answer to what they are is Ooh, on the actual pirates. sea. They're pirates. Fun. They just um, people. It, but it's that like what does the world consist of that wouldn't just easily push them back? Like the, the way that the players would have to fight them themselves. It's just like, you know, like that's the same thing in Ravnica that all my guys are dealing with. They're like, y'all are dealing with this giant entity and you want us five measy little pissants to just go fight it. What?
0: Well, Do you understand what proportion
3: we are to A that moral
1: fucking piece of shit? Yeah. yeah. From what I like, there's a lot of lower level gith in there too, like low challenge numbers. And like, like my idea, my plan right now is to have a little outpost, like a little facility that the training and capturing that they have to take out. And they're going to be like, Oh, that was weird. Remember the time we fought a bunch of giths on the Island. And I'm hopefully they're not going to think, you know, okay, this is weird, but you know, we don't see it all the time. It's not that strange. Maybe, you know, I, I don't think it'd be that,
3: that obvious.
0: Well, you got to remember, you got to also assume your players aren't going to notice most of the things that you put in front of them. Or listen to this podcast that we're giving you all the way on oh yeah exactly Um, well
1: so yeah i mean they're gonna listen and that's fine but hopefully they don't matter too much i know some of them don't
0: but i I do think that
1: does he's sitting here
0: um
1: (laughs) i think that brings us to the next so uh, uh, the next part i think we we've talked about the big picture a lot i mean this is how we prepare for the big picture as we sit and talk and discuss overarching concepts and what the drives are with these baddies but how much is too much i think AJ has a good example of
0: too much behind him. Do not want to focus your camera? It's not too much, dude. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. So those of, those of you who can't or don't know me, I am, when it comes in, to D&D only, I am a hyper planner. But that's because I personally love world building. Um, I. It's not work. It's a labor of love. It's just, It's. I can't get enough of it. So if you can't see it, um, obviously nobody can. But I have a, what I call is the web of Menzo Barazan where I have laid in front, the next arc for my team is to take over the Underdark and by means of Menzo considering that's the most powerful city there. It is run by Lolf, the Spider Queen, um, and she basically stays there exclusively. But those of you, fun little fact, uh, when Menzo was created, I don't know who actually created it, but when they did, they created it off of the five crime families of New York. So I currently have been in the middle of like, watching a bunch of crime documentaries about like the whole five families doing a bunch of research just to get in the mood. But what I've done is I've created literally 50 to 60 people intertwined into all of these different families. And I sent this picture out to our little, you know, our uh, podcast group. And
3: the first thing John said was, so what are you going to do when your players don't care about it? Or like they deal with like one small piece of it and the rest was pointless. And my answer
0: was, They shouldn't, but we all have experiences as DMs where we have planned something where our players have gone, cool, and then they turn around and walk the other fucking direction and do
3: exactly the opposite of what you had planned. how many times could they walk past the NPC that was important that was going to be like a guild master or whatever in order to like hand them out numerous amounts of missions
0: exactly like it's just like how do you cram it into their head that they need to go like you know like this is where the plot that you've personally planned is but here's the thing is like the point that we're trying to get after is when is it too much so for me far
3: and you could have just did it off the cuff
0: exactly so for me because i am basically planning an entire arc around these five families it's not too much to go and at least name all of the players you don't have to go i'm not going to go in and do descriptions or i'm not going to i'm not going to assign a voice for each one but i am going to at least have a name so that when you know when they go to be like oh, how do we do this like who's the important people what like who's in that family at least i've got something to go off of now, if I went deeper into it, yes, that's where the crazy territory is. And like speaking of is like my one horror story about me doing a bunch of work where my players did not care anything about it was when my players went into the water plane and when they went into the water plane, I had this whole thing planned. That they were going to be these tools used by a totalitarian opportunistic dictator that was going to use them to false flag attack to basically bring the entire water plane into absolute fucking chaos warfare world war fucking 12 it was going to be nuts and my players did not fucking care about it all they wanted to do was leave the water plane they were just like get us the fuck out we don't care about your war they would do anything. They would literally have done probably anything to get out of it. And so like I created whole cities, NPCs, I created a religion and they didn't even fucking go after it. So like, did I waste my time? I mean, not really because it gave me the confidence every session to like, you know, go into it, but kind of because they're never, no one's going to see that information. So that was definitely an instance where like, I probably should have like looked at my players drives and thought about what they actually wanted to do and been like, do they really even would, would my players actually cared about this plot? And if they don't, why are you even wasting time on it? And you know, I was still young. So like I had an idea, I thought it was cool. So I forced it in there when I probably shouldn't. I probably, I mean, it did, it did do a lot for like the escalate, like the pressure of them leaving because everything was like, okay, we need to go now because there's war sirens Blairy in the background. So that was kind of fun. But like I definitely didn't need to do all the work that I fucking did.
1: That sounds
0: awful. <laughs> no. well, I mean, they can always go back. That's the thing. Is like
3: I always right. have it it's, built. And,
1: and it's not like you can't use that shit other places too.
3: No. Absolutely not. Oh, it is it is players' nature to like <laughs> six that? months down the road just be like, hey, remember that temple? Let's go back there now. Oh my God, yeah you just sit there.
0: Me, you just sit there. You throw your notebook. You're like, "Oh, really? Cool. Now let's go.
3: Sure, yeah, Yeah. sure." (laughs) It's fun thinking of it though, because as as I joked, mine is I've had players that have completely walked past or just disregarded certain NPCs that you like was in a situation of like introducing the Demir to like, these are going to be your mission givers for a while. Like a couple people talk to them and a couple people really sought them out. And then they just ignore them altogether. It's like, right. And then you just think of the next NPC that you could just turn into that same quest giver. Which is why some of my like NPCs are hilariously just change of character one day to the next, because it's just like, (laughs) they weren't intended to be your guys' main guy, but now they are. Costume change. Yeah. It's It's the same thing with like somewhat family system, but a lot of it is like, uh, hierarchy and jobs to where you know the idea of like what I've had written and what we just walked away from.
1: I um, my horror story was my first campaign that I ran Lindstrom when I had one player who just wanted to charm everybody all the time, and I didn't know how to handle that back then, and it just it just devastated me confidently, and I didn't know how to RP it, and I had everything planned, and he'd be like, "Oh, charm person," I was like,
0: "He ruined every plan." I that guess. He did. You know, so that was it. I learned that not everybody has to get charmed. But to be fair, our entire group was fairly young. So We're all new. Yeah. No, we weren't new, but he was.
3: He well, was yeah. brand new to the game. See, charmed person is fun if you twist it. As a DM, charmed person just says that I can't attack you, correct? Yeah. you regard them as a friend
2: you regard them as a friend they don't you yeah, don't necessarily I, regard their friends as friends
3: people <laughs> they, they like
0: players constantly overestimate what charm person yeah is. they think no, it's like dominate
2: person it. it's yeah, like it's no like, he's dude, not gonna do come stuff.
0: on and i know that now but back then i was just no, he did it to every he did it to the meat salesman he did it to the king he did it to the king squire he did it to literally everybody oh, he could he
3: save what was his
0: DC? I, it, it was, was bad. bad he just, you know, he, it, it didn't. It, he just kept doing it because that he just wanted to keep doing it.
3: Yeah, I he was mean, like things are going my way. I'm going to use charm person. Yeah, wait of rolls. I mean, it's just a, it's a prayer. It's hope it pa- hope it passes. Yeah.
1: Now, I mean, I could deal with it now. You know, at what I point, just,
3: as you as a DM, just don't go. Oh yeah, the king, legendary immunity or legendary resistance. I, I, I didn't found... even know. I didn't even think about that at the time. You too. get tackled by the knights. Yep. Yeah. Man. Well, that too, weird. and it, I but mean, that you could just true. always play it off that it's obvious. You
1: know what I mean? Yeah. But. Now I know. Now I know. But that was my, that's my horror story. Do you got any?
2: Overpl- no, I have no overplanning stories because I have never overplanned. I am always <laughs>
3: underplanning. No, the, I have the I, Monday and the Tuesday of that week.
2: Yep, absolutely. That's it's like, funny. it's just, it's not in my nature because for me, it's like, I have a, I, I do a lot of thinking about it in like terms of overall story arcs, but in terms of like planning
3: well, I mean, you are, like, you do have a pocket system that works. Like, you do the one-off days. You know what I mean? Like, this is all we're doing. It's very free- infrequently that we end without returning to a spot that we're safe.
2: Yeah. Well, I've mastered the, like, this is it. This is the whole session. And then yeah. back to the beginning and you guys move on to the next thing. So, like, it's I know it, it does end up feeling a little episodic versus much more of your, like, typical, like, consistent stories. But, like, I go for that... That feel of like I have a few like basically every session I have a piece of lore that's gonna get dropped. Yeah. Neither that's what the whole thing is gonna be about, or it's gonna be something someone rolls on, or something like that. So like every episode you're getting slightly closer to the main goal, and yeah, you're I've doing got, stuff. Yeah.
3: I've gone like without dropping out. a lore piece, and it's just like, all right, guys, do something.
0: Yeah. Which I think that's a good like, just like thinking about it. That's a I think it's a very successful way to incorporate the entire group without singling anybody out. Yep. It's like the group is in it together. There's nobody that's like the clear cut, like protagonist.
3: I like Uh, I like that's that's funny coming from you. What? (laughs) The clear cut. Well, protagonist, yeah. No, I meant like I thought you were trying to say focusing on the players because you can move the players in and out with Joe's one-day system.
0: Yeah, that well, that's what I'm saying. Is like I, I what I was commenting on is like the way that he's talking about structuring it is like I don't see any one player jumping ahead of anybody in like re- with regards to like, oh, like, you know, this is my story versus like, oh, OK, yeah, no, I get, I like, get that. that. It's more sense. of like
3: it's more oh, of like, oh, hey, it's like we of like we're all a group. I don't know. Barnaby was a pretty, pretty he, great, great character in our campaign. It, a it, lot was that boy.
2: It does happen if you show up consistently more and more. The story yep. will shift more and more in your direction. That is yeah, very because you're true. there. Yeah, well, it's also exactly. if you're,
3: la- yeah, it's, a- you're it's also and- if you're like if you're more central. He kept a lot of the group together.
2: Yes, exactly. And that I mean, that's just for me. That's every campaign you're ever going to play, and you're going to have that one character that just kind of becomes the driving force. So it's like, who's I, I, for part me of
1: the driving force this week?
2: Yeah, and it's like give them their their opportunity to shine, and then once they've finished it then you move on to someone else a like, lot of it's
3: a lot of it's a player i mean south March is it's it's a toss-up between jet and xander yeah. xander has a lot of lore invested in his story yeah
0: i mean but i also wrote a lot of lore going into the campaign so like
3: i gave also you a true. lot of ammo but uh in terms of joe's episodic content i'm sorry i'm a sucker for a cliffhanger like i love just like and eh, we're done and then it's like make sure y'all come back next week that's like just continuing the story going
2: yeah yeah and that's i mean that is the one thing you really miss out on. Which, I don't know, it's that catch-22 of, like, if I leave my cliffhangers, I'm not going to have different people next. <laughs>
3: also, <laughs> or true. we've will. run into that where, well, I mean, that just requires creative solutions where somebody gets a spark in the back of their neck and starts running away.
0: John, you are, I-, I will say that you are very creative with, like, being able to write people in and out of episodes with them, like, being there but not really being there. Yeah. And using them as, like, even plot devices, which I think is even better. Like Oh, that was
3: great. Just, yeah. It's just like, I, I need to do something with this player because they're not here today. Uh, But they're supposed to be here today because they literally punched the bad guy in the mouth. And that's where we yeah. ended it.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my apologies. Wow, ah, it okay, but, don't care. But yeah, no, Um, sorry. I remember what I was going to ask, Joe, specifically because you just finished the arc. When there would be people in, like coming in and out, would you find yourself like, throwing things to make to like to give those like to try and like bring those players and give them like almost like a unique aspect like almost like mini stories within it or is it always just like this is the main story and then like they would create within it if that makes any sense
2: i usually tried to shift it based on who was going to be there so if especially because like i'd always throw up the thing of like you know being in the week who wants to do it what do you want to do and once you have that general feel for who's going to show up, then I would basically plan around that. I usually had something in the back of my head in terms of what they were going to be doing that week to try to drive the overall story forward ish. But it would be one of those things where I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to have them, them, and them. All right. Maybe I'll do something here. Maybe I'll do something there. I know, I know these people really like fighting things and maybe we'll do a mini dungeon or um, these people really like role-playing. It'll be much more role-play based and, And some days I would just do it based on what I feel like doing.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So it was a really cool Reddit post. So we're just doing that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's included a couple of like side quests, well, not side quests, but like Easter eggs, I guess we'll call them for our characters, like in the episodes, um, things we found or like, you know, realizations of like our backstory. That's
0: fun.
2: The other thing would be that I would often try, like, this is one of the things that I'm really enjoying doing the epilogues for is because I feel like I have a lot of players with like, we got some of what they wanted to get done done, or we got like part of it complete, but we didn't necessarily complete their full story arc, which is just happens. And I feel like everything. So like giving people an opportunity to kind of like close it out properly.
0: I mean, that's pretty nice that you have that kind of freedom to do that.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, it goes through, it, it also helps when you do like for South marches, we all, or we always, All of us do. Actually, we do the the roll call who's playing this week. And then you get the preparation, the plan of who's actually going to play. And then you can kind of incorporate. Here's what I'm going to add in for this piece. Like, Oh, I still got to release this. And then this fight can happen now that I have two of the actual fighters, things like that.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Word to our listeners. um, Please, for the love of God, if just to, to say yes or no, don't yep. be wishy-washy about it. You're either going to be there or you're not going to be there. Yeah.
3: The word, and, and it's funnier because the opposite side of that coin is when somebody backs out because now we've had the, pro, the plot prepared and all of that. And then it's just like, you know, cue list of excuses and go. All right. <laughs> well, now that, now that eight person guard fight is now four. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this would be fun. Excuse me. Let me just re-roll yeah. some shit. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the fighter has backed out. So now the ogre is going to one-shot the wizard. Yeah, like uh,
0: Well, Oh no, the ogre just suffers from cardiac arrest.
3: Yeah. yeah. That so sucks. <laughs>
0: you know, it <what> happens <laughs> at that age. The ogre
3: is just tired and has half of his hit points because his cholesterol his is just <laughs> absolutely terrible. Like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it is fun setting up games like that, especially episodic. Like in Joe, that's what we're talking about is Joe settings. It's it's different
0: it's
1: fun it's, it's a fun thing i'll be honest running a much more linear campaign lately it's been very exciting for me and i know we're changing it up soon and like it's gonna be exciting when it happens but on the just to play devil's advocate being able to do the cliffhangers like john does and have it be the constant people and being able to keep a storyline alive as i've done for the past 10 episodes has been a dream come true honestly and i can't wait and I, i'm getting to the point where we're going to finish the first little bit of an arc where they get to the new continent and we're adding more people and we're changing up players. And that's, you know, it's a good new step, but it's been nice. So um, I think that brings us to our last point, which is if you like our podcast and you actually listen to us, Come see us live!
0: Yeah, We're you live actually going to be New
1: If you live in the New England region, come see us. We have a time and a date and a location. We will be at Kineticon on September 11th. ten at daily oh, at one, forget. which is primo panel time. So if you get there at late 10 o'clock, you drink Friday night during your first session because, come on, it's con. And then you wake up late, you stumble in at 10, get your lunch, get out. We're going to be breaking down West Marches and everything there is to a mic. It's going to be a good time. I. I've never been so excited. I'm excited for our time, excited for where we're going. i excited for who's going to be there. It's going to be.
3: I look forward to uh, really seeing the uh, people's questions and them asking us how we do things in this that even we didn't think of. Like, I want the, uh, like, where we all blank for a moment.
0: We'll be hanging out. Most yeah, we'll be of walking If you're a listener, Come and bring your most ridiculous question and direct it towards John.
3: Oh, yeah, I, I bring it. I will ready my shields. <laughs> it, it'll just prove that I can think of any, you know, ketchup popsicle answer off, off the fly. And,
0: and if you actually, uh, it's a great segue. And if you have any, like, questions that you actually are burning inside, you have to ask, you can send them to, like, our Twitter. Where else can you send them? Our Facebook, Facebook, email.
3: Actually, I think we should also send us questions on twitter or all of these and we might choose a few to answer at the panel cool guys well thanks for
1: listening as you always do we'll be back soon enough stay safe
3: out
0: there you guys